everyone. Welcome to another episode of Church Talks Podcast. I am here. I am not with, technically, my guest. I am here in Eden, North Carolina. My guest is in Kentucky, and his name is Austin. And I'm still not 100% sure how to pronounce your last name, Austin. Is it real? Yep. Like, yeah. it just it sounds like real, but like two syllables? Uh, it's like a fishing reel with high in the middle. Oh, <laughs> a fishing reel with high in the middle. Okay, I got it. It's, but you don't pronounce the high. That's just the spelling. Yep. Yeah, the Germans are weird people, I guess. Okay, so it's German. See, these are things that I'm learning in the first few seconds of this conversation. Because I feel like I know some about you. And really, I don't even know you that well. I've met you twice. Is this is this true? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, twice in person. Yeah, twice in person. First time was a party bus. <laughs> yeah, and you really learn a lot about people on a party bus. <laughs> <laughs> you learn things you don't necessarily need to learn about people on a party. But you know, I think that honestly was probably the best first impression of each other, like the best way that we could learn. Just like, hey, this, so this is what this person looks like with their hair down and you know like you know they can just be free and that was really cool it was you know it was very more than anything else it was very organic and I really think we all got a good read on each other because it's hard to (laughs) it's really hard to keep your guard up in in that kind of environment you know right kind of environment oh absolutely and, and the beauty of it is that the reason that, that I met you on this party bus, because you were not just some random person that we picked up from the side of the road. Um, you are engaged to one of my very dear friends who has been on this podcast, who has an episode. Um, and I probably should know the number of this episode, but I don't. But her name is Londa, and you can go back and listen to it if anybody's listening. But you were engaged to my friend Londa, and... I had invited her for my birthday on this party bus and she had been raving about this new boyfriend of hers. And now I'm trying to think if y'all were engaged at the time, I think you were already engaged. I think we were very recently. When was the party bus? It was was in October. Yep. We had been engaged for less than a month at the time. Okay. So yeah. And she had been talking like this was from very early stages of y'all dating, which you didn't date for very long. Um, it kind of, everything kind of escalated pretty quickly and I'm, I'm all for it. Like, Hey, when you know, you know, I'll be honest for, for she and for she and I, that was, it was a concerning timeline, but it didn't feel rushed or for of us are very, we're, we're really in a dating mindset when we met each other. It just kind of, you know, we, yeah. we didn't even want to start dating, but it's got along so well, we really couldn't help ourselves. As weird well, as that sounds. No, I, I literally, I can totally see that because after meeting you the first time and then meeting her, which if, if anybody listens to the episode with me and her, and we won't talk like, you know, Londa, if you're listening, <clears throat> this isn't your episode, but, <laughs> but we are um, giving you credit and giving you honor here. But, you know, I met her one time on a random night in Winston-Salem at a worship night and immediately clicked with her. And then first time meeting you, it's like, y'all are such likable people. So I can imagine if y'all start dating and, uh, you know, you guys met through, it was kind of what a last ditch online 
kind of yeah. app thing. Yeah, <laughs> and then so, now you're engaged and you're getting married in November. Yeah. Crazy. It's you're officiating though. That's the crazy part. That is, <laughs> I didn't know if I wanted to say that, but you know what? Yeah, no, we are. Is, you're involved in this. I'm a little bit involved. I'm a little bit involved, and that is crazy. This will be the first um, wedding I've officiated. I've been able to use my credentials for a few other reasons, but um, but you guys are definitely going to break me in, and I am pretty stoked that you guys are the first ones that I've officiated. So, what? Man, so cool. Did you know that y'all are the first ones that have officiated? We did not. <laughs> this is, uh, you know what? It's a world of I know. Faith. I was going to say, look, now y'all are going to like retract your, um, your invitation, but no. I think at least, at least knowing me, hopefully you know that like, Hey, this is going to be the best wedding ever. Hey, listen, it's, it's going to be a great day regardless. It's going to be so good. And it's going to be in Philadelphia. Wait, is that right? No, not Philadelphia, but Pennsylvania. Yeah. Not, not far outside of it. Right. Yeah. Man. It's a crap shoot. And I am so glad I'm not there anymore. Well, Yes. And so we've kind of like, I mean, we've already got into talking about your, your life, your relationship, your upcoming marriage, your, um, you know, where you are right now in Kentucky, but we've kind of, kind of gotten all the way around without hitting the why you're in Kentucky and why you're going to be in Philadelphia. Um, you are, correct me if I'm wrong, 24? Three. Three. 23 years old. That's my favorite number. I should know this. You are 23 years old and um, you're in the military. You are uh, in the army and you've been, and I'm going to let you give your own story, but I know right now you were in Kentucky um, in school for where you were then going to be stationed in Pennsylvania soon, which is why the wedding's going to be there. But I want you just to tell me and us kind of what your life looks like right now in Kentucky. And then we're going to get into more of like, what the life, what your life has looked like the last few years leading you to where you are now, but what's the day in the life right now for you? Um, so I'm at the army recruiting school. Um, so basically the army picks the top 10% of every job. Um, so I'm a staff sergeant, um, and I'm apparently in the top 10% of performers in my job. The army kind of pulled me off the line and sent me here. Uh, we call it voluntold because uh-huh. you're volunteering for it kind of against your will. Yep. <laughs> um, and I will be here until about March 2nd is my graduation date. Um, yeah. Not a whole lot's going on. You know, go to class, hang out with some of the guys. Uh, they made me the class leader, which I loathe. Absolutely <laughs> detest this position. Um, I'm in charge of enough stuff. I don't need to be, I don't need fake leadership positions. Um, and, you know, I, in the morning hit the gym at about 5 a.m. Uh, I'm in class by about 8. And I work, you know, I'm in class till about 5. And that's really it. Uh, not a whole lot going on here. Um, but I'm going to be a recruiter. And hopefully the way I see it is some people try to get numbers and pad their stats, I'm much more concerned with trying to make make the world of these kids. Yeah, there are some people who don't want to be in college debt. There's people who 
you know, maybe, maybe you know, homeless kids, kids in the foster care system, stuff like that. Kids in bad neighborhoods are just a bad home life. Mm-hmm. Um, my hope is that I can offer these kids a way out, help make their lives better and, and help, you know, if I can, if I can change one life for the better, then it's, you know, it's a, it's a life. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, you're doing that with your job. Absolutely. And with your life. I mean, you're just, you've got a really good soul. And I've, I've noticed that from the first time, because the way that I see you treat Londa and the way that I hear you, you know, talk about um, your family and your people that are close to you, I'm just like, you really have a good heart. And I imagine for people that are in the military and especially those that have seen and experienced as much as you have, uh, whether it's been like when you've been deployed or whether it's like through basic training, I, I would imagine that that makes you a little bit calloused and that it can kind of put some walls up and kind of make you seem and look a little hard, like exterior. But I mean, so what, what does it look like for, for a military person, for somebody in the army um, to have to put up this really tough, strong man exterior, but then still, like you said, like you're trying to make the world a better place and, you know, for kids and for people to where they feel safer and feel more valued. Like what kind of dichotomy is that within you? Oh, uh, well, what's funny, even if you go back to like the Vietnam era, if you look at a pretty famous movie, uh, Full Metal Jacket, mm-hmm. the Stanley Kubrick movie, um, the one guy actually has on his on his uniform. He has born to kill written on one side and a peace sign written on the other. Excuse me. Sorry. Bless you. (laughs) Um, And somebody asked to be funny. And he talks about the duality of man and how that's, um, it's almost like a switch that you turn on and off. Like obviously the Austin that, that Londa sees at home isn't the same isn't, you know, rolling up to work at 5 a.m. But mm-hmm. um, I guess it really kind of depends on the guy, depends on the gal, you know, why they joined. Um, so there's a quote from uh, G.K. Chesterton. Chesterson, I'm sorry. And it basically goes like, fights not because he hates what's in front of him, but because he loves what, what's behind him, you know, nobody mm. walks in the battle for the sake of destroying something unless they're like a psychopath, but they're, that's a different breed of people. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Say that quote again. The true soldier fights, not because he hates what's in front of him, but because he loves what's behind him. Wow. No wow. hero. battle with the intent to destroy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's a lot of truth to that. I, I had a lot going for me growing up, you know, in grade school. Um, I went to a prep school on a full scholarship. Um, had my for, for hockey and for academics. I was a national Latin scholar at 16. I ran a marathon at 16. What? I, was a, I was a national champion power <laughs> at 18. Um, Dude, 
Hmm? You're a freak of nature. <laughs> I just, I, I like to challenge myself and that's kind of what, what appealed to me about the army. This is um, awesome. At least up north, if you're in like a Catholic school, senior year, you go on a retreat. It's like a week long. They call it Kairos. Mm-hmm. And you just spend time alone in prayer and bones, no nothing. And, uh, and I came back and I basically broke my mom's heart and told her like, I, I need to join the military. I feel called to join them. Um, and that August of 2017, I was in basic training. Um, and, you know, from there, I uh, went to my job training. I'm, I'm in air defense artillery and, and field artillery. I kind of do both. Um, went to airborne school and showed up to Fort Bragg. About <laughs> maybe three months there, uh, my sergeant came to my door at like 3 a.m. Um, we have a, they call it green Corvette, which is basically like get your uniform grab. Or, um, we were on a global response force, part of the 82nd. And, um, I left everyone. I, I was boots on the ground in Iraq or Bill air base by Thursday. And I got shot at for the first time in my life Friday morning at like 2 a.m. Oh my gosh. Uh, so I guess it's really more of just appropriate time and place for that, for that attitude and for, for that mindset. And this was in your first year. Was this back in like 2017, 2018, or was this after um, that? So this was, I got to my unit in 2019. Okay. Like April of 2019 till April of uh, 2020. <laughs> Was my deployment, wow. my first deployment. So you would have been what, 19, 20 years old? Uh, just turned 20 and I turned 21 in Iraq. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you it's never a different think, life. It really is. And you never think about it. Like I was a sergeant at 20 years old. Like I wasn't old enough to drink, but I was a lead. At that time, it was about three squads of guys in the combat. Mm-hmm. fairly regularly um so it's kind of funny how it all just it, it all plays out experience versus age there there really is a uh there really is a difference in the two. Oh, absolutely and i think about how many how many people in america because i can only i mean i only I only know america and honestly i mean even in america there are so many different uh like demographics of cultural and societal backgrounds and socioeconomic status and um, gosh, religious norms, like everything. And it's just like age is really just a number because like you said, you know, you're, you're not old enough to drink, but you're old enough to be a sergeant of, uh, you know, people that are older than you that are leading to defend your country. Um, But then you have like some 30 or 40 year olds that, would absolutely be terrified and would not be able to fulfill the duties that you're doing and you're half their age. 
And, you know, so it's like, I want to commend you obviously for like, I don't know if you think this is, if it's something you feel like that you just had to do that there was like this tug in your, like in your soul that was like, I have to do this. Or maybe you just feel like this is what you were born to do. But like one, I commend you for doing it, regardless of whether you feel like it was willing, willing or forced, Um, you know, but you've like so many, I don't know. I'm just thinking like so many kids just go to college and they have all these wild party days or turning 21 or whatever. And you're out here like literally fighting for our country and, and getting shot at in another country for the sake of the freedoms that we have, that we take for granted so often. And I'm sure that pisses you off sometimes to just like get back to reality and look at how spoiled we are as a country. (laughs) Like, I don't know, I'm putting words in your mouth, but like, so what does that, what does that do for you? Like, how does that affect you when you have seen and experienced? Cause I, we don't have to go into all the, the graphic details of what you've no, seen. I don't, I don't we yeah. don't, we don't want to do that, but I know that you have seen some stuff that would absolutely make people certifiably insane and go crazy for the rest of their life and need to be put away um, for stuff that you've seen. And yet somehow you are still sane. You're still in the same calling and career um you want to build a family you want to bring kids into the world you want to like make the world a better place and then you see other people that just so flippantly go like day in and day out like what is like i don't know what what goes in your goes through your mind like on a day-to-day basis when you're looking at just the the state of humanity as a whole i think that there's I, I think we're all called to something. I think I figured out what mine was a lot earlier than most. Um, you know, I, 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 it's war, right? And there's a lot of people in the God have never had to fire a shot. And mm-hmm. I envy those people like you wouldn't believe. Um, but I wouldn't have it any other way, honestly. I'm nervous. Um, I did deploy again after that, and it's where Alana and I met. But I, mm-hmm. after Iraq and Syria, I was really not in a good place. I was, I had a hair trigger. I got in a lot of, um, I like reacted violently to things that, and and it was. When you see stuff like that, you know, watching people die, having to kill other people, having to deal with that. And it's funny because I had a big issue with religion after that deployment. Because mm-hmm. um, I tried making friends at a, uh, at a ch- brag, a non-denominational Christian church. And a lot of their dads were like military guys. You know, one kid's dad was special forces. One girl's dad was a general, you know people who were older than me, they were in their like mid twenties, um, had never left home had never taken a risk had never had to pay for anything on their own, much less, you know, anything. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was really the judgment. Yeah. Uh, I think my biggest issue is the, the judgment. You don't need to like me. You don't need to be my friend. But, but, but don't tell me I'm going to hell. Don't disrespect me. Don't hate me because 
if I didn't do it, what, were you going to pick up a rifle? Yeah. You know? wow. It's funny because with all this Ukraine stuff, something that people don't think about um, that I actually, I, I talked to Londa about it and I talked about it, you know, with my family in the suburbs now. And it's like all the same people that can't look me in the eye can't do it. Cause I'm a reminder that like we may have pulled out of Afghanistan, but a, most of the middle East is still, still very hot. They're still fighting in Iraq, Syria, uh, Yemen, Saudi Arabia to an extent. Uh, Africa, you know, parts of South America, parts of Asia, like there's mm-hmm. still very much so a war going on. And I think the the hard part for me was realizing that people don't really give a shit. Uh, excuse my language, but thank you for your service, but they can't look you in the eye. They can't, they don't want you around. Like it's very obvious that you're unwelcome. Mm-hmm. And all this Ukraine stuff, I, I found not humorous, but ironic. All the same people who can't look me in the eye and can't acknowledge that I exist because I'm a painful reminder of all the evils in the world, right? People watch me grow up as a kid, watch me leave as a teenager and watch me come back. You know, not yeah. okay. You know, I, I didn't know what legitimate hate until until my first deployment, um, you know, violence at a level that I really don't want to describe. And um, but all the same people that are going, you know, someone needs to do something about Ukraine or, you know, we stand with um, Taiwan, you know, someone needs to do something. Mm -hmm. People don't realize is the same I'll, I'll say broken kid in his 20s who is no stranger to fighting wars and trading rounds and covered in tattoos and scars, you know, whether you like it or not, that that kid's going to be the son comes home if, mm. you know, if this happens again. And, and the same the same person that you can't stand to look at because of what I've had to do or what you assume I've had to do. Like I'm the person, I am the something, mm-hmm. you know, guys like me that are a little rough around, a little mean, right. We look, we look a little unpleasant. Um, you know, we're the people that go carry out these things. You know, you, you want to do something. You want somebody to stop this. A firm tone isn't going to get it done. Mm-hmm. And it took a very long time for me to realize that no, they never want to know. They're going to live their lives in blissful ignorance. And that is a burden that the the knowledge of what what certain things cost is a burden that I have to bear and guys like me have to bear. But you know what? We asked for it, so can't really complain. Yeah. You know, I volunteered for every bit of this. And I don't regret it for a minute. Um, and after Iraq, I got got back, um, went to, you know, field training, stuff like that. And a year later, I was back over there. Um, 
we were in the Saudi Arabia at a mm -hmm. uh, location I can't really disclose. It's not like top secret CIA stuff. It's just more like we don't like to advertise it. Right. Yeah. And there was some work we did uh, by the Yemen border, you know, flirted with flirted with some lines on a map. Um, and that was pretty, it got pretty intense at times as well. Um, and I came home from that and that's where I met Londa, but I was pretty brutal for a while. Like before I met her, um, she really softened me up if, if we're being completely <laughs> honest. Okay. I, she, she is the person that taught me being grounded is a very good thing. And that, that there's a lot more to life than killing and dying. Cause there, I mean, there was a, like, when I said that we were, neither one of us were interested in dating for me, I was just like, you know what? There's no point in having a relationship if I'm going to deploy every other year. I honestly didn't think I'd be breathing at 25. Mm. You know, I figured I'd be on like deployment five or six. Somebody punched my ticket and I call it a day. I served my purpose. Um, had a much better mindset since then, obviously. But um, I mean, I was I was a kid, and I became a gunfighter and put to it. You know, it's mm -hmm. I wanted to help people, and you know, I I always wanted to stand up for the little guy. That was always kind of my thing, and now I got to do it on a on a real world scale, so to speak. And it, it's not the violence that I liked. It's it's not the it's nothing like that. It's horrible. But yeah. Just getting to really be a part of something greater than yourself, getting to answer that call and really live form stands for you know. Because there's people yeah. that wear the uniform, and then there's people that do the job, mm -hmm. and I am very grateful that I'm one of the people that did the job. Uh, wow. for Two years of my yeah. life, actual combat. And that was as tough as it was. It was a great experience. I made some of the best friends of my life. Um, lost a few, a few really great men. Um, Staff Sergeant Ryan Nouse, the last Army guy to die in Afghanistan, was a buddy of mine. He was, uh, yeah. Uh, I knew him when he was in the 82nd before. So I, I've known Ryan for a little bit, and he was a good dude. Um, Michael Nance, 3rd Brigade, 82nd, he uh, he got his ticket punched in Afghanistan, too. Um, they were some great guys. Some great guys, great friends. Um, so I, I had to learn how to deal with loss and grief. And... You know, it's it's a lot that you have to learn how to deal with in a fast, pretty I guess pretty short time period. Yeah, I think this may be the first time that I have um, gotten emotionally like. Normally, I can hold my emotions in, but like I'm, I'm I can't hold back the tears because every time that you mention someone's name you're giving honor to that person that a lot of times when if we ever see something on on this hour it's just like a news headline or something it's just 
it's just another person or it's just a number. You know, there's, there's X amount of people that have been um, killed, like, you know, in their line of duty. And then you're given these names and it gives a face and it gives a family and it gives, um, you know, just so much more value to that person. And it makes me appreciate so much more like what you're doing. And like, I'm just, I'm so honored to, to know you. And I have, I have a lot of family members that are in active duty right now and that have even retired. Like they've, they've given a full 20 years and then they're still, they're still even working some after their retirement. And I, I take it for granted so much. And I'm like, and you're saying this, and I'm like, and gosh, you're like almost a decade younger than I am. And you've already had to see some of the, the best and worst moments um, of life. And you've seen, you've seen loss and you've seen grief and you've seen triumph. Um, and I'm so thankful that you've met Londa that has, you know, like you said, she's, she's softened you in a way. Cause yes. I mean, I, 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 I can imagine that if, if, if she, or, you know, if somebody hadn't come along, then, it would be a very hard road. And I know that so many, if they don't have somebody that is like a safe space for them to come home to and to feel that they can just be vulnerable with or whatever, you know, they, they turn to drinking, they turn to drugs, they turn to suicide and it's so tough. And, you know, and then, like you said, I mean, you've, you've gone to churches where it's supposed to be the most (laughs) open arms and welcoming and, you know, whatever. And that, you know, sometimes you don't feel like you fit there. And I've never been in the military, but I've got my own questions and doubts about God. And to have seen and experienced war like that firsthand, I'm like, my gosh, I don't know what my questions of God would look like then. But I mean, how have you been able to like, keep your your faith intact? Because you have a you have a Catholic background, right? Uh, Yeah, so I was born and raised Catholic, went to Catholic school um, the whole nine. I was in church. Didn't matter where we were, what we were doing. I I was going to be in church. My mother made sure of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Even when I was deployed, I got, you know, I got pretty tight with the chaplain. But I mean, I've been blown up how many times. Uh, I've got a little bit of brain damage from it. Nothing, you know, I'm not like retarded or nothing, but, uh, you know, concussion syndrome and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I I can count on, I would need more than two hands to count. I'd probably start using my feet to count (laughs) the amount of times that I should have easily been dead and that I'm not. And uh, honestly, it's, it's just like, you can't go through life alone. We as people aren't meant to go through Right. And for a long time, I had a chip on my shoulder like you wouldn't believe. I um, I, I realized that people are hypocrites for the most part. Um, to some extent or another, we're all hypocrites. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'll be honest with you. I, I've lost a couple guys under me to suicide because uh, like why they just cheated on them. And that was another reason I didn't want to get in a relationship is I didn't want to give, you know, some dude puts a bullet ticket. It is what it is, you know, Mm -hmm. 
rock, paper, bullet beat, you know, bullet beat skull at 10 times out of 10. Not yeah. much you can do about it, but. So if you ever read Dante's Inferno, which is, it, there's three different books, but the first one's the Inferno. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, it's, it's a divine comedy. So it goes, it's kind of his like moral quest, so to speak. And, you know, the ninth circle of hell, like right there with Satan, um, the people that make it to like that ninth circle, like the worst level of hell, so to speak, are people who betray even and the people that love them. Mm-hmm. And it was almost a defense mechanism. I, I had seen, I knew a whole lot more about dying than I ever did about living. Um, be completely honest with you. Yeah, I, you know, th- there's no way to kill somebody or no way to mangle a body that I wasn't sadly intimately familiar with. Not exaggeration. After two mm-hmm. years, you have seen. Um, I'm very hard to gross out, and it's funny. I um. Between deployments, so this is like Christmas of 2020. I was home on leave, and uh, one of my guys killed himself. He um, called his wife cheating on him, and he uh, he called her the day. And I really questioned my faith that day. Um, you know, I was I was already not in a great headspace. Because I, I just didn't talk about the I figured if I push it down far enough, it'll go away. And it didn't. It just found new ways to hit the surface. Um, but I remember I had to be told most of this. But from what I remember, I went outside, put a, put a bracelet with all the guys' names and wrote Logan's name on there. Um, I got about six names of very close personal friends that I consider brothers that are no longer with us for one reason or another. Um, killed in action, but two of them killed themselves. And I remember saying Merry Christmas. And my, from what I was told, uh, about 45 minutes later, my family found me in the backyard in the fetal position having a breakdown. Um, and I just couldn't hold, I couldn't hold the war in anymore. The whole, you know, the, the tragedy, the death, the gore, the violence. Mm-hmm. I, I, just, I couldn't hold it in anymore. And I really questioned my faith. Just why did any of this happen? Why does this have to happen? Why did my, why did my age end in teen and I had to go do this shit? Um, you know, why did guys much better than me with much more to live for die? And I'm still breathing. You know, what am I doing here? Yeah. Nothing made sense. And as messed up as it sounds, my dad, who's a, he's a police officer and then a U.S. Marshal, still actively serving. He's got like 34 years in law enforcement. And he sat me down and just, he sadly had to say, Essentially, any job where you carry a gun to work, you know, if you got to strap on a pistol, a rifle, and body armor, 
good men are going to die. And there's nothing Sergeant Real. There's nothing Doc. There's nothing Chap, Chaplain. There's nothing anybody can do about that. And be reminded that people still have free will. Mm-hmm. And God didn't screw up. People do. People did. And hopefully those guys are no longer no longer subject to any of that. Another great quote, only the dead have seen the end of war. But I mean, I've had to watch fathers bury their And the only real solace that I can get is knowing that if, if anything I read in the Bible is true, is that God favors the warrior and that, you know, if you read Ecclesiastes, it kind of goes into that it kind of summed up in that life is bleak and a lot of it won't make sense to us. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, you have to A, trust in God and then B, try to find wisdom in him because that's the only place that we're going to be able to find it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have my bad habits. I'll have a drink every now and again. I, I stressed out. Um, I probably swear more often than I should. And it's funny because uh, when, I, when I tell you I, I prayed for a miracle and Londa showed up, I, it's not an exaggeration. She has, she is the most amazing human being I've ever met. And wow. I've seen, I, I've seen bravery and valor in its purest forms. Um, she's the one that showed me that it's not just on the battlefield. Wow. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a tough customer. I am hard to deal with. I am hard <laughs> to control. Um, it's funny. They actually made us take a personality test while we're here. And apparently I am like a top, according to psychologists, of a percent of like hyper competitive, hyper aggressive males. <laughs> There's like in the world apparently. Maybe I am not shocked. I I was very shocked, and, and Londa, Londa wasn't in the least bit concerned. <laughs> um, it really is. I, I don't know how to explain it other than she grounds me. Yeah, you know, I jump out. I get in gunfights. I, you know, I'm that guy. I've kicked in a door or two. I've been shot in the vest. You know, I've, (laughs) I've played chicken a little too many times. Right. Uh, Way too many times. And she's the only, the only person thing anywhere. Um, And this is relevant to what, what you asked originally. Um, I love war. I love deploying. I couldn't tell you why. It, it's it, it really is a drug. Um, I don't know if it's the adrenaline or the friends you make, or the it's really simple. It's just survive. Um, but she is the only thing I love more than. If it came down to my career or her, uh, I'm picking her 20 times out of 20. It's not a question. A thousand times out of a thousand, whatever number you want to put to it. Um, wow. 
and I really have any faith in people, didn't have any trust in people, didn't believe in people. Mm -hmm. um, people are generally weak unless they're conditioned to be otherwise. They will not, they will not do the hard right. They will take the easy left 10 times out of 10. They will screw further themselves. Um, they believe in stuff like free money or easy money. Um, which is never the case. That's why scammed. Uh -huh. <laughs> There's people just selfish, arrogant, uh, nowhere near as smart as they think they are. And, and I, I'm much more likely to shoot you than I am. To be quite honest. Uh, at least <laughs> I was. Yeah. I'm much more likely to wow. reach for you. Yeah. And she, um, she showed me that there's more to life than just, you know, just because you're breathing doesn't mean you're living. Wow. And I mean, when I say I prayed for a miracle, because I just, you know, five years in, a year and a half in training and two combat tours, you know, one year in between because I legally had to. You know, now I came here, but before this, when I, you know, when I met her, I had no faith in people and she showed me how stupid and wrong I was. <laughs> um, so honestly, it's going to sound really, really, I don't know if you want to call it corny, cliche, you know, my, my dumb grunt mind just kind of takes it one way, but I, I, I realized that people weren't, weren't worth I can't judge God based off the actions of people. Yeah. And when I prayed for a miracle, I'd be damned if I didn't get one. And I mean, I'm marrying her now. So <laughs> I, I guess there was something to it after all. You know, uh, as, as different as our lives have been, I can echo the statement that you just made that I, I cannot judge God based off what I see of people. And I cannot allow my, you know, view of God and my, per my perception of God to be based on what I see in people. Because like you said, he does give free will. And now I have a lot of issues with God for that. Cause I'm like, why would you do that? If there's going to be this much like tragedy in the world. Cause I'm, I'm a very like deep feeler. Like I feel pain. And if you ever see me having like extreme joy or laughter or whatever i can guarantee you that my lows are just as extreme <laughs> which is why i'm on medication and which is why sometimes i cope with drinking but hey, i'm working on it <laughs> i'm person to give life advice but i i didn't even know how to be anything other than angry or sad for for a while so i yeah. definitely understand I mean, it's tough. Like, you know, and you talked about like a personality test. I don't know if you've ever um, taken the Enneagram test, but um, do you know what your Enneagram number is or have you ever done that? Londa, Londa showed me one time. Um, I'm the challenger. If that I was, yes, that would be an eight. Yes. <laughs> I, I figured that, that you were either that or maybe a one or a three. Like a one is the, uh, reformer, like you want to bring about change. And then the three is the achiever, which is a very like perfectionist competitive type, but eight, I think fits you a little bit more. 
Wanda but, is definitely a type three. Um, <laughs> I think so. But no, I think, and here's the part nobody wants to hear about my line of work or about what guys like me do. You need to have a little bit of stupid cowboy in you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and that's that's got me in a lot of trouble in that <laughs> I have an interesting view of leadership. So I got bad knees, bad hips, bad. I've jumped out of airplanes like 33 times. <laughs> I played patty cake with the earth a lot. Um, oh my god, that's terrible and, and then, awesome. Um, it's fun, you know. Explosions, <laughs> a couple of broken ribs. Thank God for plate carriers. Um, got a few injuries, and I always, I always questioned whoever was in charge of me. Um, even yeah. now, staff sergeant. Um, if you are not. I play by jungle rules, basically. It's like, if you're not smarter than me, meaner than me, or more dangerous you and take your job, why are you in charge of me? Mm. And that is a... Mm. That is great on the line. It is not great where I'm currently at. And I'm... Uh, some of my instructors were like me. Like, my current instructor was just... So he's kind of helping me mellow out a little bit. He's like, dude, you're not a gunfighter anymore. You gotta, gotta breathe. Hmm. Um, and it's funny because Lana knows somebody that I work with who I basically just took his job from him and he like, he he threatened me one time and I like threatened to kill him in front of his like, his whole like section and no one said anything and he doesn't look me in the eyes anymore. So I took the challenger part a little too seriously. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm that way with my guys. I'll never ask you to do something that I haven't done myself or can't do better than you. Okay. Um, and my, my goal with that is to make them better than me. I want every single one of my guys to be better than I ever, ever could hope to be. Right. You know, um, so good. And you know, they'll ask you, know, Hey Sarge, you know, how'd you, we'll, we'll do a ruck march and I'll get it done in like two hours and 20 minutes for miles. And most of them are coming in closer to like the three hour mark. They're like act tough, like, ah, oh, you know, you get better with time, just just practice, <laughs> whatever. Then you go to your car and you're like screaming in pain, popping ivy for like TikTok. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's not a good time. Um, Lana will tell you, I get random back spasms that are horrible, like debilitating. Like, I'll just hit the ground. Um, mm. Funny, actually, the first I met her family for her 30th birthday weekend. Mm-hmm. And her dad had to pick me up, like, off the steps the next day because I had a back spasm and just stuck there. Oh, my God. But, you know, when you're at work, you really have to, like, hold it down. How much pain you're in, like, you cannot – you really can't show weakness, at least not in, in any of my – anywhere that I've been. Right. Doesn't mean you can't be human. Just don't be a weak human. Exactly. And um, I think I think the – even the term weakness – has gotten so misconstrued of like what weakness is because we think that, you know, if you show vulnerability or if you show emotion or, you know, whatever it is that it's like, you're weak. I'm like, no, like that's actually, you're strong enough to, to embody like what you are feeling and what you're experiencing. And you're not just trying to like sweep it under the rug. Like, Hey, you have pain. Okay. Then like, let's experience your pain and let's overcome your pain. Let's not just disregard it as if it's not there. 
So here's something that a lot of people misconstrue, and you're absolutely right. There's a time and a place, right? So think home, right? Mm-hmm. It is perfectly okay to be vulnerable. However, comma, if your kids are, if, if your wife's stressed out, distressed out from school, maybe one of your kids is getting bullied, the dog's barking, you know, the baby's crying, that is a really bad time to be vulnerable. You have to suck it the fuck up, range her up, and go take care of her. Um, yeah. And I think that's the thing that people get wrong. There is nothing in the world wrong with being – ask Londa. I'm vulnerable. She's seen me cry. Uh, I don't cry often, but as I have, she's seen it. Um, you know, she doesn't make fun of me, doesn't – not, but she's seen me cry. But if she's overwhelmed from work or she's stressed out and a million things on her plate and she needs to just let it out and cry into my chest, that is not the time for me to cry. I think the difference that everybody gets wrong. There's a time and a place to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a time and a place to fall apart. But That's when good. the world's falling apart around you, you better suck it the hell up, dude. You got to light a cigarette or pour a drink, do it. But you better make stuff happen. You got, yeah. you got people that rely on you. And that's where, um, you know, for me, that's kind of where I take it is it doesn't matter how much pain I'm in. If I got a family, I'm, there's more important stuff to worry about than whatever I'm dealing with. If I got to bring my more important stuff to worry about than my stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's funny. There's a psychologist. Now I'm not a very political dude. Um, I, I'm very like live and let live, man. Like smoke weed, own machine guns, do whatever, man. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. You live your life the way you see fit, you know, preferably in line with whatever deity that you're, Whatever moral code you have or deity that you pray to, mm-hmm. the way you see fit. Um, but Jordan Peterson is a psychologist. Um, he's a little more conservative, politically speaking, but he brings up some values about just humanity, right? Okay. Um, so people bring up like toxic a lot. And he made a a comment that was kind of like a one-liner it made a lot of sense to me. And when I applied it to people, it, it was scary how true it was. He said, you think strong men are bad. Wait till you see what a weak man's gonna, capable of or what a weak man's going to do to that effect. And, you know, the guy that cheats on his wife, you know, steps out on his family you know, doesn't take care of stuff that needs to be taken care of, not there for, for him, uh-huh. you know, uh, crumbles when everyone around him needs him the most. Like, that is a weak man. The dude who manipulates women, hits women, uh, disrespects women, again, betrays the people that care about him or that he cares about. Like, that is a weak man. And they are generally the worst people. Right. They're the people that do damage that takes years to undo if it done. Oh. And I think we've gotten so far away from what weakness actually that guys like that get a pass. And and that like that's what I see a weak man as. I, I don't care what you can bench, I don't care how many wars you fought. Like if you're gonna cheat on your spouse, go to hell, dude. Like you are what's wrong. 
you are the problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, again, that that's just an example. I'm sure. But like people like that are what I consider weak as opposed to, you know, the guy that needs to, you know, you're actually better off being vulnerable, you know? I mean, I'd much, I don't know about you. I'd much rather, um, I would like with Londa, right? I'd much rather just take a deep breath, sit on the couch and be like, honey, we need, to, as opposed to me just bottling it up and exploding on her or, you know, yelling at her right. for no at all. You know, yeah. what guy would that make me? I know. I wish, I wish everybody was like that. So where it wasn't like, I'm scared of what the reaction may be, or I'm scared of what their perception of me may be, but like, here's where I'm at and you're a safe space for me. You're a safe person for me. And I trust you with what I'm about to say. And even if you can't help me, <laughs> like, even if you don't have the answers that I need or, you know, whatever, like just be here with me and just sit here with me in it. And like, that's, that's beautiful. And I'm so glad that you have that in Londa. And I hope everybody's able to find that in somebody because it's needed. It can, it can save a lot of heartache and a lot of, of uh, death and a lot of pain and suppressed emotions. So oh, I'm with you hundred percent. And for people who, like I was telling Londa the other day, I was, I went out to the smoke pit over the weekend, just have a cigarette and relax. And this dude came out, oh, he looks stressed. I'm like, hey, dude, what's going on? And like my five-minute smoke break turned into like an hour therapy session of this dude's <laughs> life. And he just, I don't know anyone that he knows, so he can just talk freely to me. And yeah, yeah, I was able to at least hear him out and try to offer advice. Yeah, you know, I'm not really in the business of doing that, but yeah, you know, everybody needs somebody, even if it's a stranger. Right. So totally I guess agree. my advice, if I had to give advice, would be if you're, if someone's coming to you, try to hear them. Sure. Well, look, I've got three rapid fire questions as we're wrapping up this episode. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So rapid fire might, I don't even know what connotation that has in the military, but for this, it just means um, a quick, maybe one word, one sentence, like first thing that comes to your mind answer. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, you mentioned earlier that that Londa has seen you cry. So what is the last thing that has made you cry? Guilt. Okay. Um, what is the craziest and or funnest thing that you have ever done? <sighs> There's a whole story behind that, but we'll okay. say. Um, you can give the story. Huh? You can give the story. That's okay. You Just make it, make it a Quick, concise yeah. story. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I turned 21 in Iraq. Um, the guys in my unit, um, part of the task force, pulled me out of the tent, duct taped me to a stretcher and <laughs> Bill Air Base. I had in my underwear. So I had road burn. Oh but it was uh, it was the best road burn I've ever had. Wow. OK. Did anybody video this? Uh don't know if they still have it on their phone. I'd have to oh my call some more friends. Dude, I would love to see this. Maybe at some point between now and your wedding. That would be hilarious. If I can get my hands on it, I'll make sure to go. I'll make sure to get it. <laughs> All right. Um, and so when you're putting on a t-shirt, do you put your head in first or your arms in first? Ooh. 
Depends on the day. Okay. So what did you do today? <laughs> uh, arms first for work, head first for uh, out of work. Okay. Heard. All right. And then the last question, which is just kind of like a bonus rapid fire question, but if there was a word or a phrase that you would want people um, to think or to say when they think of you, what would it be? Is there a way to say this without sounding? I think that it's, I don't even think it's arrogance. I think that this is what we strive for our lives to be. And we do it with all humility, but we do it with determination because we want to leave some kind of a legacy and to leave a good impression. So I don't consider it arrogant. This is what we desire. All right, so I have like a three-way tie then. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, if honorable or trustworthy, one of the three. If you had to throw a bonus in there, honest. But one okay. of those. Brave, honorable, trustworthy, honest. Something along those lines. Hey, I love it. And I think, I think that people absolutely do. Like they already do think that and say that about you. So I know I do. Well, I don't, but I'm grateful. Well, you're, you're living the life and I appreciate you sharing your life with me um, and with the listeners of this podcast that, you know, like I said to you earlier, I don't know whose ears this is going to reach. Like at the end of the year, when, when Spotify tells me like how many people or how many times it was listened to, how many countries it was represented in. I mean, there are literally people who listen in other countries that I have no idea. They must search for podcasts based on like keywords or something. So I know that your words are going to echo in people's life. I believe that people are going to be impacted by uh, the, the choice that you've made to serve your country and to do the really, really, really hard things um, and the sacrifices that you make. And I know that there are going to be people that listen that are inspired to live a more selfless life to where it is about the people that are coming behind you. Um, And, you know, sometimes we have to do the hard things in front of us, like you said, because of the people that we love and care for and are fighting for that are behind us. And you've motivated me and you've inspired me and I appreciate you. And I don't know when I get to see you again, but I hope it's soon. I hope it ain't uh, till November. (laughs) Well, we should be moving. So, so. I'll run it by Lana. Once we get moved in, though, feel free to show up. Heck yep. yeah! And I'm Great pretty sure I'm taking a um I'm taking a concealed carry class with with Lana next weekend. Wow, there you go. <laughs> Getting everyone on board. Heck yeah! But yeah, you know, soldiers and people too. We're all just we're all just trying to make the world a better place. You know, doesn't matter That's what true. you do, and there's a million different ways to do it. You don't have to wear a uniform. That's true. Um, Man. Well, thank you for doing what you're doing. Is there anything that you want to say or feel like you need to say before we before we log off of here? Uh, yeah. Londa, sweetheart, okay. if you listen to this, God, I hope not. I love you to death. <laughs> um, as soon as I'm done here, I promise. I, uh, I didn't blow you off today, okay? Oh. All right, man. Well, Londa, you heard it there. This won't be aired until later, so you'll definitely get a chance to call her. Shoot, I might even text her when we log off of here and be like, um, thank you for sharing your fiance with me. Appreciate it. But all right. Well, thank you so much, Austin. And thank you to everyone who listens. Um, And join us again later for another episode of Church Talks. Thank you, Catherine, for having me. It's been a pleasure.
Hey, before you guys leave and start listening to another episode of Church Talks, could you take 10 or 15 seconds and just go on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening and click follow or subscribe or like or the plus sign, whatever it is where you're listening. Uh, That would mean a ton to me. And that way you'll never miss episodes when they're coming out on the weekends. Thank you so much, as always, for listening and supporting and subscribing and following. I love you guys so much.